0: Welcome to the Words of Witness podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Derek Thomas, and I pray that the podcast today blesses you and inspires you to live a life that's worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. Enjoy today's podcast. God bless. is going to position themselves in the care of another person that has not shown them that they have the capability of making sure that their creature comforts and needs are met. And not only externally, but internally as well, as it pertains to the relationship. So, so, so men that are domineering men that are saying with their actions. And I, and I, I'm thankful that the Lord, you know, blessed me to get, uh, blessed me with a a bachelor's degree in communication because, you know, I'm a big stickler on nonverbal communication. I like seeing what you're saying when you think you're not saying anything, because it's when you think that when you're not verbalizing That's when you're saying the most because I'm watching your body language. I'm watching how you look at this individual. I'm watching the the, the facial expressions. I'm watching every tick. I'm watching everything. And I'm not saying that to make anybody feel paranoid. I'm not a stalker, nothing like that. I'm just saying that it's critical because communication is something that's always ongoing. Even when there's no verbal communication, there's nonverbal communication you know always communicating about something and we have to realize and understand that in relationships is no different. so when i listen to guys bring this up and i break it down for them it's almost like i see the balance of power spiritually in a relationship shifting it's like you know the the the, the female in the relationships like okay okay yep yeah, that's right and the guys like wait 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 what i didn't realize that because it says here, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her. Let's stop there. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Period. That could be a simple sentence. So I turn around and ask the guys. So do you love your wife as Christ loved the church? You Do you understand how Christ loved the church? Well, yeah, he gave himself up. He hung on the cross. I said, OK, how many crosses have you borne for your wife today? How many, how many doors have you opened for your wife today? How many opportunities and ways have you made for your wife today? Well, well, I don't know what you mean, pastor. Here's what I mean. Literally, because this is a this is big for me because I was just taught this by my mom, by my grandmother. Literally, chivalry is huge. Literally, my wife don't have to open a door. My wife don't have to put her coat on. We fight sometimes about her, but I'm like, give me the coat. She's like, what do you mean? Give you? coat. I can put my coat on. I'm not, I understand you can put your coat on. This has nothing to do with your ability. What this has to do with is everything about respect and preferencing you and honoring you as my help me and cherishing you for who you are. Because love is a choice. You could have chosen to love anybody else, but you chose to love me. And I appreciate that. And what happens is, as I prefer her and strive to minister to her, She then can see, okay, I trust that he has my best interest at heart so I can let my guard down a little bit and trust that he can handle this. And if by chance he can't, because I happen to be good at this, to your point, Brother Chris, let me come alongside and help because I realize we're on the same team. I realize we're going in the same direction. I realize taking it to work, taking it to our businesses, and and, and to the to the professional relationships we have. I realize that he's shown me what's in it for me. He's shown me that there's an opportunity for me to grow in this organization. He's shown me that there's an opportunity for me to be successful in this venture, this business venture. So why would I not be supportive? Why would I not buy in? Why would I not let my guards down? Because he's he's showing me that he genuinely cares. And that doesn't come from dictating, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Because if God dictated to us, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And, and we had to live up to it. We'd all fall short. The word lets us know that at our very best, the service that we could offer to God is nothing more than filthy rags. Meaning we just barely somewhat getting it right. If you were under that kind of pressure and if, we, if you were under that kind of pressure and you were constantly under that kind of pressure and there was no grace, would you feel liberated? Would you feel like, yeah, he's got my best interest at heart. Yeah, God's got me. I I won't ask you to answer. I No, I wouldn't because I'm like, I'd be so concerned about making a misstep and getting zapped that I wouldn't be able to enjoy the love that God has given, but I'm so glad that, that God gave us the example of Jesus Christ. And in the process of giving us the example of Jesus Christ, he helped us see, as the Holy Spirit penned this verse in Ephesians, through Paul, the why behind what Christ did. And I tell people all the time, when I first started my studies to get my master's degree, I I said, to me, psychology is a study of why. And I'm a big thing. I'm a big person on why. Because when I was in sales, the most important question that you could ask a person is why? If they tell you they don't want it, well, why? And I had no problem asking that question. I wasn't asking it to be flipping. I wasn't asking it to be a jerk. I was asking it because I genuinely desired to gain understanding. Because perhaps I didn't explain something like I was supposed to. Perhaps maybe I misspoke on something or maybe you misunderstood something. I'm just trying to find out not to dictate to you. You know, this is what you're going to take, but instead to help you see and understand to offer you the service of making sure that you're crystal clear on my intentions. My intentions are not to take advantage of you. My intentions are to provide you with something that's going to help you. And as we learn how to do that, that's the why that this verse talks about. We love our wives as Christ loves the church. We give ourselves up for them. Here's the why so that he might sanctify her, he being the husband, that's us, so that they might be set apart, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So we're covering our wives through prayer. We're covering our wives as we speak the word over our wives. We're covering our wives as we study the word together. We're covering our wives as we do devotion together. We're covering our wives as we bring everything to our spouses. Because conversely, as we do it, they're going to do the same thing. And even if it doesn't start out, even per se, it continues to happen. Because another thing I get from 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 um, predominantly us, us guys, when I have these conversations, I'll ask the question, to you, what is a relationship? Relationship's 50-50. No, it's not. It's 100-100. And this is where we miss it. Well, how is it 100-100, Pastor? That's 200. Exactly. It takes two people giving their all to make this thing work. It takes two Amen. people giving their all. Because if two people are giving half, that means that there's half of your effort that you ain't giving. There's half of your effort that's going someplace else. I was, where was I? Uh, I was at a meeting Saturday. For was I was in a men's group Saturday. And it blew my mind when I heard the pastor say this. And what he said, I'm going to read it directly out of my journal because I put it in my journal. He said that, um, where are my glasses at? He said that, um, let me get to it, bear with me. Temptation. He said, temptation is not a test of your self-control. It's a test of your relationship. And that blew my mind. Because he went on to say temptation comes to see how strong your relationship is, because you can have all the self-control in the world. But and and it's easy to have self-control when everything is going great. But if you're in the midst of a rough patch and the rough patch could be literally, you guys had a disagreement on, on any, on, on uh, this morning, this morning, maybe you guys had a disagreement on something. It ain't even got to be a major thing, but all the enemy's looking for is just the slightest little crack. Okay. They had a disagreement. Let me see if he's serious. Let me see if she's serious. Let me see if they're serious about this thing. Since they always on always on not want to court about something. Let me just try to do this. Let me put this irritant in, let me put that irritant in, you know? And it's like, how are you going to react? How are you going to react when things are not ideal? How are you going to react when things are not going well? Here's how Christ said react. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. If we sat here and thought about it, when Jesus was there, you, I, Jesus like, I got every religious sect, the people that are supposed, are supposed to love my father and love me, that understand that I'm coming, they've all banded together to kill me. So if Jesus said, okay, you know what? I'm good. I'm going back home. Where would that have left us? But Jesus understood that there was a bigger picture in mind because he understood the position that he uh, that he occupied. And he understood that headship is not a dictatorship. Headship is a position of servitude because that service is what ultimately changed hearts. That service is what ultimately changed, changes minds and what ultimately changes lives. That's why it says here spirit led spirit led. Headship is rooted in being a responsible governing authority in the lives of others through loving, through loving according to God's standard of service, but not just any kind of service. Service that does not look for accolades from man for ourselves, but approval from God of our service towards others. And many times what the mistake that we make When we're in positions of headship, whether it's professionally on the job, whether it's in our relationships with our spouses, whether it's in dealing with our children, whether it's dealing with our families, you know. What about me? What about me, man? Look, pat me on the back. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. that, I'm doing great. People can see that you're doing great, but are you doing it for you? Are you doing it to give God glory? Because if you're doing it for you, yeah, they might be happy for you for a moment. But eventually, if you just keep talking about it and keep talking about it, and keep talking about it, then it's going to stop giving God glory. It's going to start building you up. And it works the same way in relationships. You know, you don't want it to you don't want to get to a point where it's like your spouse is thinking that you always like, hey, look at me. I'm doing this. Hey, look at me. I'm doing that. Hey, look at me. I'm doing this. Because then your spouse starts feeling like, well, what about me? I mean, I thought we were a team. I thought we were in this thing together. And remember, it's all about trust. Going right back to what I said to the, to the people I talked to. Well, she, she don't listen to me. She's supposed to so submit to me. Yes, she is. Provided you're doing what you're doing, what, what you're supposed to be doing. Because if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're leaving her uncovered. And no person in their right mind is going to just willfully leave themselves uncovered for the devil to come in and run roughshod in their lives. So we have to be mindful that headship is something that we have to build and develop through service. Through service. Remember, we cannot be the head of anything. If nobody's with us. Amen. If nobody's with us. We can't be the head of anything. If nobody's following us, we ain't leading nobody. If if our spouses are not with us, how can two walk together? The word says, except they be in what? In agreement. In agreement. Exactly. In agreement. Does that mean that? Does that mean that there are never going to be times where you two disagree? Absolutely not. But even in the midst of the times of disagreement, you still are in agreement. I don't, dis- I don't agree with how you're doing this thing right now. Right now, we got to agree to disagree because we have a purpose and we have a destiny that we do agree on. And we're not going to let the enemy come in and get us so caught up. And where we might have a difference of opinion that we lose sight of where God is taking us because he's taking us somewhere. And he, we got kids watching us and we got uh, uh, employees watching us. And we have a congregation watching us. But most importantly, we have a father in heaven watching us. And we got an enemy on the prowl watching us. An enemy on the prowl ain't got no power unless we give it to him. And you know how we give it to him? We give it to him when we get out of position. And we get out of position as heads when we stop making it about we. And we start making it about me. Because... Then we've stopped doing what it says here. We've stopped listening to God and we've made ourselves our God. And that's a dangerous place to be in. That's a very dangerous place to be in. So we got to realize constantly, lastly, that that headship is a constant calling for us to be all that God has called us to be. Not all that we decide or say we're going to be, but all that God has called us to be. We might say, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And God is saying, "Okay, if you and if you, you confess that you're not letting me in, okay, you can be a millionaire. But I, my desire was to make you a billionaire. My desire was to give you thus and so. But if you want to settle for that, you feel free. But I got more for you. I got more for you." Because the more that I have for you, if you're willing to let me be God in your life, the more that I have for you means that you can be a greater blessing to so many more. You can be a greater blessing to your spouse. You can be a greater blessing to your family. You can be a greater blessing to your church. You can be a greater blessing to your community. You can be a greater blessing on the job. You can be a greater blessing everywhere if you listen to me and allow me to be me, God says, in your life. That's why Colossians 2 and 10 says, and and you are in him, and you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. Let me stop right there. God is constantly calling us back to himself and he's constantly calling us back to himself so that he can continue to pour more and more of his essence into us more of his spirit into us more of his ways into us but many times we don't get that because we don't want to be patient enough to let god do the work in us headship is not an instant proposition headship is developed it's developed over time it's developed through experience Is developed through commitment. From the outset, um, you know, we we, we talked about, we, we said, I asked the question, you know, what is headship? And answer was given responsibility. I said, it's absolutely right. It's responsibility. It's also accountability. Because with responsibility comes accountability. And here God is saying, you know what? I need you to be accountable for what I'm making you responsible for. I need you to realize That the responsibility of headship is a constant calling for you to be accountable to me, God says, so that I can see where you are. But more importantly, you can see where you are in relationship on where I desire to take you and who I desire you to become, not for you, but for me so that you can be the husband. That I desire you to be. You can be the father. That I desire you to be. You can be the leader. That I desire you to be. You can be the, 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 the pastor. I desire you to be. The president and CEO. I desire you to be. The, the, the owner. The, the 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 property manager. I desire you to be. Whatever I, would die, I desire you to be. You can be that. And so much more. Because when you look at. The cloth. That you're cut from. When you look at the prototype. That you're designed after. Who's Jesus Christ. It goes on to say in Colossians 2.10. He, Christ, is the head of all. Rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. Christ rules everything. And we're created to function like him. We're created, remember, in in God's image, in God's likeness. That means we're we're created to, to look like him when we're right, to act like him when we're right, to walk like him and talk like him when we're right. And God is saying, just do what you can to be right. Constantly keep your ear open to me and your heart open to allow me to come in. Because the enemy's gonna try to creep stuff in. It's gonna pass by your radar, but it's not going to pass by mine, God is saying. Headship isn't designed to be an autonomous experience, it's not designed to be just you and nobody else. Headship is designed to keep us constantly on our face before God, constantly interceding for those that God has given us um, responsibility for, constantly being on our face for our wives, constantly being on our face for our children, constantly being on our face for our families, constantly being on our face for them. And not to talk about it like, ooh, this is what I did. I prayed for my wife last night and while she was sleeping, I did this and I did that. I read these scriptures over her." It's not about doing that to to say, ooh, look at me. It's about doing that to say, hey, this is a testament to the good thing that God has given me. I cherish it so much that that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure it's watered. I'm going to make sure it's cleansed. I'm going to make sure it's taken care of. I'm going to make sure it's fed naturally and spiritually. I'm going to make sure that it's loved at every level. I'm going to make sure that that she understands that she's appreciated. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do. So that when the time comes, one thing my wife and I did. When the time comes to have to cast a deciding vote, we talked about it. I said, "I right, by all means, me and you are equal. You know, Team Thomas. You know, y- 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 y'all, y- y- y'all both know. The whole time we've been preparing for the wedding, everything that was sent out, it said Team Thomas 2020 on it because it was about both of us. It's about both of us. And we said, you know what? Me and you are partners in this relationship. We're partners in this relationship inevitably there are going to be times where we may have to make a decision on something and my decision might be a your decision might be b how do we handle the casting the deciding vote to your point brother chris my wife is like i understand what the word says comes down to decide and vote you cast the deciding vote provided you make sure that we both have talked about it and we both have had an equal opportunity to say to say our piece on it and we both have been had the opportunity to express and the respect to have been heard that's important Amen. that's Amen. that's godly headship yeah godly headship ain't well this is what I'm saying what'd you say about it okay great it don't matter this is what we're going to do that's not godly headship so you can't expect your wife to say okay well just what he said okay and there have been things that 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 because these sessions are designed for, for us to be intimate and for us to just 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 take the blinders off and to talk as men. There have been decisions that we've had to make. My wife and I have had to make major decisions on, on a lot of things that we've made the decision on that one of us has, has said one of us has said, you know, I, honey, I don't fully see it. But I trust you. And that makes all the difference in the world because that's reinforcing the reality that, yes, the headship, the hierarchy is there, but there's a mutual understanding of what the hierarchy is for. It's not there to bury anybody or to make anybody feel any less than. It's there to help, help you f- uh, flourish and function within the realm that you function and flourish in because you have direct influence in the next realm because you two are operating with one accord. And when that happens, that gives you both influence everywhere. And the enemy can't stand that because there's no place that he can come in. There's no place he can come in because you two are fitly joined together. That was one of the things that was one of the fleeces that I had. I'm like, Father, I want I, I want a woman that that you sent to me to marry that she and I are fitly joined together where I'm weak. She's strong. Where she's weak. I'm strong. Where where I end, she begins and vice versa. And by God's grace, and I thank Him for it every day, that's exactly what He blessed me with. That's exactly what He blessed me with. You know, knowing the things that I've had to deal with and go through, there's no way, had had I had anybody other than who God had for me, there's no way I could be sitting where I'm sitting now in the condition that I'm in now and and dealing with this this cancer diagnosis. There's no way. There's no way because there were so many days that I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have it in me to, to, I didn't give up. I just didn't have it in me to do what I needed to do to be where I am now. And where I ended, she was right there. She was right there to pick me up. Pick me up emotionally, pick me up spiritually. When I first got home from the hospital, she had to pick me up physically a couple of times, not physically off the ground, but she had to help me get up because I had no capacity to do it in and of myself by myself you can't forget about stuff like that you don't discount and discredit stuff like that but that only comes when you're you're aspiring to set a, an example and, and set an atmosphere that's conducive for unity and that's what god is saying here that our headship is is, is the level of living that we, we were created to live in prior to Adam and Eve sin. And despite our shortcomings, cause we all have them. God continues to pursue us. And he desires us to embrace our calling, to be great in him by daily striving, by daily striving, excuse me, to pursue life. This is something else that I, that I got hit with in this men's, this men's thing, um, this past Saturday and blew my mind. Talked about the trees in the garden, Two trees, tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil. A whole lot of people dwell in that knowledge of, the, of good and evil tree. That's not what we need to be. We're supposed to be in the tree of life because when we're in the tree of life, we're functioning from a platform of love in that tree. Because life, as you can see, there's an acronym for living in freedom every day. Because when you are truly walking in the, in the agape love that God designed and prescribed for us to walk in. That selfless love where all we do is strive to make everything right for the one that we've made the option that we made the decision to love. And in return, they're doing the same for us. That's a freedom that nothing and no one can affect. Doesn't mean that bad times don't happen. Doesn't mean that challenges don't come because they do. But what it means is that in the face of those, even if even though you're trying to figure it out, number one, you're not trying to figure it out alone because you two are one. And number two, even though it's tough, you know that there's somebody in your corner. Spiritually, God is always in your corner and naturally your, your, your spouse is right there. Your team is right there. Those that you've demonstrated godly headship with are right there because they understand what's in it for them. They understand that this is coming from the heart, not coming from something that you read in a book. Because what comes from the heart ultimately reaches the heart. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Any anything anybody like to add or share? Because we're 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 wrapping up. I'm I'm mindful of the time, and I appreciate everybody's time. So some key takeaways, and and if nothing else, I mean, feel free to if you can take a screenshot of this. Um, If you like the takeaways or like the deck, let me know. I can email it to you. Key takeaways. And these are things that my hope and my prayer is that we seek to implement in our lives daily if we're not doing so and if we are doing so that we continue to strive to uh, implement in our lives even the more. Um, Understanding first that God's reputation is more important than our personal preferences in godly headship. We don't step into headship with the intent of reading our own press clippings and talking about how great we are. We do so to help people see how great God is because ultimately it's that audience of one that we have to be worried about pleasing. Secondly, remembering that godly headship does not look for accolades from man for ourselves, but approval from God for our service towards others. We're not dictators. We're servants. Jesus was a servant. Servant leadership—that's what it's all about. If you look at—if you look at our banner, it don't even say pastor up there. It says servant leader because that's what we are. We are here to serve. We're here to serve, and our hope and our prayer is that as we serve in a way that's pleasing to God, that that would would be inspirational leadership that would encourage others to want to draw even closer not to us but even closer to God so that they might be able to have that type of impact in other people's lives that's how God desires us to do it because God has set the standard he doesn't want he doesn't want to come down to our standard he wants us to come up to his He needs us to come up to his, particularly in these last days. That's why lastly, we got to realize that God continues to pursue us. And he really desires us to embrace our calling, to be great. And he wants us to really strive to pursue living in freedom every day. He wants us to live. He does not want us to exist. He wants us men to live. Because as we live, then we can show and give life to our spouses, to our children, to everybody around us. We got to reject the knowledge because knowledge leads to judgment. It's not about being judgmental. The word says all of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. It's about us loving as as Christ loved because love not only covers a multitude of sin, but, but love is a driving force that ushers us into God's presence and ushers others into the same as we demonstrated through our living. Amen. Amen. Living Witness Ministries is a church on the move that's dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through the preached and taught word, community outreach, and practical ministry designed to save souls and change lives. You can sow into the ministry via our cash app at dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. That's dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. Sow your seed in the good ground of Living Witness Ministries today. And thank you for helping us reach the world with the life-giving word. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin. I ask you into my heart and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved in Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is living to witness at gmail.com. That's living the number two witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas, encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.